0: Welcome to The Common Share, a podcast about cooperative businesses. I'm Asa Marshall with Cooperatives First, an organization that promotes co-op business development in rural and Indigenous communities across Western Canada. We're recording in Saskatoon on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. This week we have a great conversation with Sheldon Stenner, who's not only the General counsel and Corporate Secretary at Federated Cooperatives Limited, but also the chair of our board of directors. Sheldon's an expert in governance with great insights for members of co op boards. And in this discussion with our Director of Education, Kyle White, he gives an excellent primer for things for co op directors to consider in their role.
1: Um, let's maybe start off. Can you describe your role at FCL?
2: Sure. As, as you indicated, I'm a general counsel and corporate secretary, so it's kind of a couple hats. Uh, the general counsel piece is—I'm uh, is, um, oversee the legal department. Uh, so FCL has uh, a number of uh, subsidiaries and interests, and a lot of legal work to go on. So I've got a team of about seven lawyers, uh, um, soon to be eight, and a couple assistants and uh, uh, so I oversee that department, I oversee all the work that the the lawyers do, corporate filings, uh, any kind of contract work, all that stuff. So uh, I've got a great team that helps me with that, Um, and uh, so that's overseeing that, uh, helping guide the board, helping guide uh, management uh, in any legal matters that they might have. Um, The second hat is the corporate secretary hat, and uh, that involves uh, the governance of of Federated Co-op and its subsidiaries. And as I indicated there are a number of subsidiaries. Um, so making sure those filings are done with the uh, corporations offices where of course Canadian um, registered under the Canadian Co-op Canada Co- Act and uh, in four provinces and a territory or two. so there's a lot to kind of keep on the go there uh, with those filings. Um, Corporate secretary is uh, in charge of the governance and in a cooperative, uh, governance is a big deal about uh, because of the nature of our our boards and uh, how they're elected. Um, the 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 governance is important in a, in a in a co-op, as I said, because of the way the boards are elected and just it, it's uh, significantly important because of the uh, the role that directors have. Um, it. The corporate secretary, generally, or governance professional, is the person that sits between uh, management and the board and tries to have them communicate well with each other. Uh, So, on one hand, you have management staff who are spending their whole lives and whole careers to get to to where they are, and they work on a very specific area. their whole careers, in most cases, many years. And on the other hand, you have uh, directors who are elected uh, from many walks of life and bring to to the board a number of different uh, skills and abilities. Um, but there can be quite a quite a gap in terms of knowledge of all the, uh, the things they have to do. So my role is to make sure that they're speaking to each other in a way that they're each understood by the other and are heard by the other. And to make sure they fulfill their their role, to make sure the board fulfills its legal obligations uh, and uh, to make sure that um, uh, all those processes with the governance side are, are met. Fantastic.
1: Um, you hit on the importance of a board to cooperative governance. Can you expand on that a little bit more maybe for folks who haven't been a member of a co-op or haven't been on a board before? What is it specifically that the co-op's board does and why are they important?
2: Right. Well, I think a board, it depends where you are in your organization's history and evolution because certainly a startup is different. But for an established co-op board, uh, the primary role is to uh, set the strategic direction of, of the co-op. Um, the um, When early days are in a smaller co-op, sure, they're going to be more operational in nature. They're going to be watching over the operations. But in a larger co-op or a a more established co-op with a um, professional management team, the role of the board is to oversee uh, the strategic direction, um, not get into the weeds on operations too much. But basically, where are we going uh, one year, three years, five years uh, out kind of thing? Uh, What do we want to do? What do we want to be in? What do we want to be out of? and uh, basically set the tone. Um, The board's role is also, I think this is the same with any board, corporate board, nonprofit board. Co-op board is to um, oversee the operations in terms of the financial um, well-being and and to make sure that um, complying with laws and regulations and running uh, by the books, so to speak. And so there's an important duty of oversight for the board there um, to fill that role. And I think that's the same. Um, And, but I I think, you know, in a co-op board, Um, the main function or one of the main roles of a co-op director is legitimacy. They're there to represent the members' interests. And uh, so because they're democratically elected, there's a straight line between the individual members who own the co-op and and the directors who they elect to represent their interests at the table and to set the strategy and the direction of the co-op.
1: And I guess in that vein a little bit maybe, because of course many organizations rely on board leadership – Um, And as you say, in those early days, with most of the groups we work with, the board is really doing the whole gamut of operations as well. Um, But what is it that makes a co-op's board of directors unique? What really sets co-op boards apart from nonprofits or corporations?
2: Well, I think uh, certainly between uh, a co-op and a a corporation where the the boards elected. I mean, they might be notionally elected in a, in a corporation, but most times they're, they're somebody is appointed. Uh, sometimes they're from management. Uh, a co-op board are all uh, independent of management uh, for the most part. They um, would be a conflict, so they they tend to be uh, independently elected, and they're from the, the members. They're people who've taken interest, taken out a share in the co-op, and have uh, gotten involved uh, with the uh, with the organization and want to have a hand in, in guiding it and leading it. And uh, there's that, so it's that direct link between the end consumer of whatever the co op is, is supplying, be it products, be it services, and, uh, and the membership, um, and, and, sorry, and the leadership in the organization. So it's a, there's a direct link there uh, that the board fills uh, to represent all the members uh, at the table and uh, look after and balance, balance all their interests.
1: Are there any unique challenges that come with that unique relationship or that set of contexts?
2: Oh, certainly. I mean, I think once you're uh, representative, elected representative, you, it's a little bit of politics involved there, right? And so uh, you're subject uh, to the um, uh, desires and demands and sometimes questions of, of the members. And and again, in a, I'll th- I use a local example if you have a local co-op, uh, a retail co-op. Uh, your customers might want to might complain about some service challenges they might not like how things are run um, you only have to go to a few uh, co-op annual meetings to hear some of the questions they're very they're very um, local in nature a lot oftentimes it's an individual uh, wanting something or other and want to answer and so uh, you have to be responsive to your members as a co-op director but also understand that your role is to look after the interests of all the members and broader peace and um the members uh, at the local level are not going to understand all the nuances and what goes on to the co-op. I mean, they just want their services when they want them or their products when they want them at the price they want them, and that's fair. Um, but the directors have to balance all the interests, and they have information and knowledge and, and uh, perspective that uh, the individual member won't have. So it's simply a communication uh, issue uh, without... Um, uh, breaching confidentiality that, that that they have to do with the role so i think co-op has got that direct contact the feedback uh it's something i always say at federated uh co-op we talk about the fact uh oftentimes that what 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 feedback loops do you have what do you what, what's your uh, what's your process for staying in touch with your members? Mm-hmm. Oh, your members in a co-op will tell you fairly quickly yeah. if they think you're doing something that they don't like right. or that they want to do something different. So the feedback loop is pretty direct in a co-op, which is, which is great. Um, it shows an interest by the members. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think if anyone's ever never been to an AGM, it is worth your time to go because it is, you know, all these people are owners of a business trying to make it work. But with that comes the higher level conversations. But also those day to day how the things affect people. I think the first AGM I attended, there was a bit of a debate about the time of day that the car wash closed,
2: <laughs> right. right? Or the uh, or the uh, card lock was built on the opposite yeah. side of the highway from my farm, and why wasn't yeah. it put on the other side of the highway? Yeah. So it's it's direct democracy at times yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you hit on something that I know was very important for all boards to consider, but. Can you maybe speak a little bit more, or offer some tips to folks that are trying to balance the need uh, to trying to balance representing their membership and their duties as directors?
2: Right. Um, well, the duties spelled out in the Act, and it's the same as for the Business Corporation to Act and an opera Proper Act, and it's to act in the best interests of the of the cooperative at all times. And, um and so you have to set aside even sometimes your own personal interests mm-hmm. for the for the sake of the greater good um, so I think that's a um, that's always going to be a challenge um, if you have a hundred thousand members you have a hundred thousand people mm-hmm. that want things a certain way and uh, you've kind of got to find that uh, that middle ground or that place that kind of is going to balance all those needs um and uh, it really they shouldn't the, the the duties and the roles shouldn't be at odds with each other because if you're acting in the best interest of the co-op, mm-hmm. you should be serving the members. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to please everybody, um, and, and, uh, but communication's the key. And I, and I think the one thing, um, and where some directors can kind of get into trouble, is if they over-communicate too uh, with with, uh, with the members. And I've just had occasion today to look at something that uh, a local co-op member had sent uh, asking about a, a setting out a role of directors kind of thing and they said well they want their directors to be communicating uh, the decisions of mm-hmm. the of the board and they want to be communicating what people thought and and you really can't as a director because overriding uh, all your duties or o- overarching on your duties is your duty of confidentiality mm-hmm. and I, I'm a, uh, always fearful of directors communicating board decisions individually if you've got a board of nine or seven people uh, they probably heard seven or nine different things mm-hmm. um, and as soon as you start talking about the deliberations or even the decisions of the board mm-hmm. there's a risk that somebody could accuse you of breaching confidence or you in fact do breach confidence in mm-hmm. the board or you allude to too much so um, i think the best thing for communications to the members um, and again, this is a larger, more established co-op, is to have centralized communications. If the board decides you're going to say something, before you leave the boardroom, decide what you're going to say, how it's going to be said, who's going to write it, and that becomes what you say, and it's basically your what you, what you can say. You just share that. Yeah. Uh, to go beyond that and try to um, really serve the members, uh, not, I shouldn't say not really serve the members, but to to try and answer individual questions can get you into trouble. And I think it's best to just say, well, I can't really get into the details of it. Uh, that's the decision we made. The whole board looked at it. You can rest assured your your concerns were addressed by the board. Um, So I guess I I put my legal hat on there pretty fast in terms of duties. As soon as I hear the word duties and uh, balancing the needs to represent their members. But hopefully at the end of the day, if you're acting in the best interest of the co-op, you're acting in the best interest of the members. Now, it doesn't mean everybody's going to be happy.
1: Yeah. This is something I tell our clients all the time in the board. Our board workshop is rest assured um, you've kind of got to set out to do wrongdoing to actually not fulfill your duties usually. Right. As long as you're acting with the best interests, you're going to be fine. Yeah.
2: And you don't have to, nobody's expecting superhuman results or, or a high level of expertise. Mm-hmm. You just need to be curious and ask mm-hmm. questions and, uh, you know, and mind uh, mind the responsibilities that you have. But you're right. I mean, it's uh, uh, there's, a, there's a group of you and, and if it's a group making a decision, likely that's the wisdom that's going to prevail mm-hmm. and you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I, I want to
1: circle back and dig in on one thing you mentioned, though, because the the idea of sharing information is it's something we hear a lot about from coops because because their ownership is so distributed. You know, the board of the co-op or the people you just see at Coffee Row or about town. Um, when it comes to sharing information, where how do folks draw that line? Is it co-op policy, or is there something they should really be guided by in being representative and informative to the membership.
2: Yeah, well, the law, rec- the law and the act uh, recognizes a duty of confidentiality, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's overriding there. So it need not be in policy. Um, I mean, it can be, but confidentiality is key to protect the decisions because you want to have a board table mm-hmm. where the the representatives could have full and frank conversation with full confidence that whatever mm-hmm. they say is not gonna be shared outside the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the only way you get the best governance decisions is by having open and candid discussions. The only way you get open mm-hmm. and candid discussions is if people maintain the confidence mm-hmm. of the discussions. Because at the end of the day, you might not have unanimity mm-hmm. and you probably won't. And and so it, you don't want, you wanna be able to come out and say that's the board's decision and that's what I support. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I always tell people if on boards when I'm doing orientations and the like is uh you know you don't have to share the de- the decisions of the board with anybody it should be uh come out centrally um and uh but you're not obligated. So I think some members might say well you work for me I elected you you have to tell me mm-hmm. no it actually it's not. They you, you can't and mm-hmm. and you can you can say You know, you you don't have to share with employees or members or anybody else, just like nobody's entitled to see the minute book except the directors. And so, and and you probably shouldn't share anything uh, outside the table. And and it's not hiding behind anything, but just say, look, I have a legal duty not to discuss, so I can't. Uh, So that's the decision. Um, and uh, I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into it um, because I think there is some ownership. But some members would think, "Well, you work for me, and I've got to, you know, um, whatever." Um, and sometimes when people come onto the board and uh, there's an orientation, they kind of, for the first time, understand what the role is and what they can and cannot say. And it's, a, it's a little more illuminating. But uh, patience, you know, people uh, people are interested and they care uh, with a co-op, and that's what you want to do. So you've got you've got to really. Um, work hard at the relationship with your with your members and make sure that they feel heard and they understand at the end of the day yeah no
1: i think that's really great because i think a lot of folks in that moment when you're approached at a coffee shop yeah it can feel awkward you feel maybe obligated to share but coming back to your duty what you're legally obligated to do is is really important um i guess with that said when people are sat around a board table what are some things that all directors should be keeping in the back of their minds
2: yeah, well, I mean, I think, um, well, f- back of minds or, or forefront of, of their thoughts should be uh, the long-term sustainability of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think, I think it's important for directors, I mean, the, the, to, to be thoughtful, uh, to come prepared to the meetings, uh, to have read the materials and understand the, all the scenarios, uh, but then be prepared to listen. Uh, to other board members, that mm-hmm. the whole structure of a board is meant to call upon the shared and in individual um mm-hmm knowledge, experience, and life uh, skills of the folks around the table. So hopefully the board is drawn from a broad, uh, a broad and diverse group of people that can all bring something uh, unique to the table and together that would hopefully make the, uh, the best decisions. But in the back of your minds, you want to think about the members you're serving. I mean, first and foremost, it's the members. Uh, and what the members want is a, uh, a successful organization that's delivering on its, on its responsibilities. I think, you know, get into specifics. You don't want to, you watch Mission Creep or, or getting into the next exciting thing or all those kind of things, topical things. Mm-hmm. Um, but but keep your eye on the on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that you're there to do? What was the purpose that the cooperative was formed for? Mm-hmm. And and who are its, uh, who are its um, members, but not only like who, members who are its stakeholders. Like mm-hmm. who, who in the community are, are you, are you working with and for uh, and do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is to uh, let managers manage, mm-hmm. and, and stay to the high level stuff if you can, and um, and again be, be thoughtful, um, uh, be cooperative. Try and I think the most important thing around a board table one of the most important things is the board dynamics mm-hmm. that that is a safe space and that people feel free to to speak their minds and to not have to bite their tongue and uh, and and uh, those sorts of things. But uh, mm-hmm. I think there's you know. Um, People take it seriously. I think no matter what board they're on, when they come to a board meeting, I think people are are plugged in and they they take the responsibilities uh, seriously to the stakeholders and the mission and what the organization is doing. As well, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, finances matter, Uh, relevancy matters. Mm -hmm. If you're not there, you can't help anybody. So it's important to Mm -hmm. always keep an uh, eye on that too. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Do you think in co-ops, because the board are all, users of the co-op services, do you think there's a tendency to veer into the operations more around the board table?
2: Well, I think there's always at every board probably uh, uh, excitement about operations. I mean, operations are interesting. Uh, Governance professionals like me tend to always... try and keep them out of operations. Uh, oftentimes, senior management takes them there. Uh, they, they like talking about it. They they get there. So it's the constant to and fro of the chair and the governance professional to find that balance between enough operations that you know what's going on and not too much operations that they're, they're spending too much time. Um, uh, I think the other trap... Uh, for co-op boards probably more so than others is governance Mm -hmm. uh they love governance Mm -hmm. and people love to spend a lot of time in governance i i've seen organizations stuff that can get into the trap of uh wanting to talk about governance and plan yourself into uh into the ditch so to speak i think you know governance is an interesting thing but you can you can really try and over policy yourself and over this and over and lose sight of the other so Mm -hmm. you've got to find that balance Mm but um I think that co-ops generally, or historically co-ops, uh, are formed to solve a local need where nothing existed. And so the first incorporators and people interested in that co-op are going to be very hands-on. Often they are going to be involved in management. Often they're going to be working at it and they're going to be hands-on. And then there's that, as I alluded to earlier, there's that phase where you go through and you become larger and more established and you have professional managers and you need to step back from that. And, and you see that all the time. Um, and a lot of our member co-ops are... Uh, are very much like that. People are very plugged in, as you said, uh, to the operations and they wanna know about the operations. They're buying f- fuel or buying fertilizer. They're they interested in if it's gonna be delivered on time and, and where it's at and they're interested in those things. So, so you know, it's a, it's a natural mm-hmm. uh, way to be and So it's just a matter of balancing it. You're not gonna, you, mm-hmm. you don't wanna stay right out of operations, yeah. um, but uh, you know, the board the board, as the board matures it should be further and further away from operations and be looking at the big picture and, and get out of the minutiae if mm-hmm. they can
1: mm-hmm. there's a good phrase i keep in mind that i heard at, a, at the leaders conference once it's the board should be nose in fingers out
2: right yeah that's it uh, it's
1: a weird analogy sounding but it's one that i like to keep in mind well, another a
2: good reminder for sure kyle yeah, yeah.
1: another good thing that came keep, comes up in our our governance course um, that people really like the idea of, and it really speaks, I think, to finding that balance for where the board sits in terms of its focus, is that the board is ownership one step down, not management one step up. Right. Um, I find that helpful as a, a positioning yeah. of where the co-op should be, or where the board should be focusing its, where its ideas come from.
2: For sure. And I think the other, the other thing, the key thing I would say about boards is, is succession planning and participation and finding yeah. folks on there. And I, um, I, I think that you have to be mindful of the board. Board's time, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, try and keep your meetings tight, and yeah. uh, and try not to waste everybody's time. I mean, a, a six-hour board meeting is not going to uh, be conducive <laughs> to <laughs> attracting uh, a lot yeah. of folks. I think that uh, uh, from different uh, walks of life and different stages in their career. So, but uh, no, I think it's uh, you know a, a co-op is a great opportunity to mm-hmm. participate. I mean, most of the people. Uh, don't have a chance to be tapped on the shoulder to go represent the large corporate board Uh, but in the co-op model you can get involved Um, you can be a a customer you can decide to take out a membership and then you can get involved uh, as much as you want uh, right up to uh, being chair of the board if you so desire Mm -hmm. and you've got that opportunity in a co-op that's pretty unique and pretty cool uh, to come in and run uh, in some of the largest organizations in Western Canada that uh, have hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. And so it's a pretty neat and, and unique opportunity to be involved and I'm thankful every day for those who step up and, and let mm-hmm. their name stand and, and give up their time mm-hmm. and uh, expertise. Yeah, agreed, absolutely. Um, maybe circling back on to
1: something that you've mentioned now a few times, um, there is that transition period from when a co-op moves from what we call like a working board to more of a policy board. What are some tips you'd offer boards like our clients who are looking to make that transition?
2: Well, I, th- I think you have to, uh, at some point, probably ship some folks. I think I think that the, the people that you would probably handpick to be incorporators and to come on are great and they've got a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you're going to have to add to mm-hmm. the board to bring in some new perspectives, new ideas, and then maybe step some people back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always that balance of continuity. And every board... Um, There's no hard and fast rules for any board. Every organization is different. Every organization has its own um, foibles, its own culture, its own history. But, you know, if you're talking about just starting out in the first five years, there's probably a point after which uh, a couple of years where you probably need to add significantly to your board and maybe subtract some folks Mm -hmm. just to get that mindset because the... The getting up and going and getting the lights on and getting people hired Mm -hmm. is a different mindset then than the sustaining, okay, where are we going to go next? Because uh, sometimes if you're on a board um, for for a while, you kind of get trapped by that, uh, this is how we've done it, this is how I see it. Um, and it's important for the incorporators who have a very specific vision to maybe to, to make sure they allow room for different thoughts and ideas yeah. because oftentimes those go-getters that step in and, and they're the ones that are going to get done and they are the, the folks and they're they're great and they bring a lot to table and they started it but they have to be prepared to to let their child grow up at some point mm-hmm. I think I think there's a, a natural maturation that has to happen or or you kind of get trapped um, Somebody said once of an organization, well, they came up they they well it was a bringing together of two different nonprofits and and it was said afterwards it wasn't that successful. So well the only their only purpose in getting together was to prove they could get together. Like they brought them together for the sake of getting together, but then what? Yeah. And what's the next thing? So um that's always stuck with me about trying to, to mm-hmm. set back say, but what what's what's your relevancy? What are you doing mm-hmm. this for? But um you don't want it yeah, you don't want to get in that trapped in that thing. And I think sometimes the the go getters, the the people, the entrepreneurs that get it going are, are great. And they'll, they'll probably, some of those folks, will want to go on to the next thing. Um, but you need those, you need those folks to, to welcome in some new thoughts once you've got some, some more members and, and you're established.
1: Let the managers manage as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, those are all the questions I had uh, prepared, Sheldon. Is there anything else you'd want to offer in terms of insights on board leadership or tips for, for groups that are either making that transition or just coming together as a board for the first time?
2: Well, I, I think um if you're if you're coming to the board for the first time and get some support, somebody's done it for for sure. Um and I I think just um you know, reach reach out to the resources like they have at Cooperatives First. If you're a co op for sure you guys offer some some great great support. Um you don't have to, to go it alone. Uh there's lots of uh policies out there and, and different uh, documents that you can get to and uh Again, don't get bogged down by all the policy stuff and trying to run your own board. Keep your eye on the prize, which is whatever service that you're trying to provide to your members.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and as you say, co-ops are just made of ordinary people, so it shouldn't be an intimidating process. Right. There is help out there. Right,
2: 100%. And I, and uh, don't, don't be intimidated to step up and, and contribute to a board because uh, um, you know it, it, it takes all kinds of folks to come on and, and everybody's got something they can offer.
0: Thank you for joining us. For more on us and what we do, visit cooperativesfirst.com. If you need resources for starting your own co-op, check out coopcreator.com. It's a great resource site that has everything you need to get a co-op up and running. To give us your thoughts on anything we discussed in this episode, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter as co-ops underscore first.